Jesus was in the ark. And he said, Al, <laughs> it, it, was, it was Noah. I said, oh, okay. So, but anyhow, I didn't know no more than that. And I, I said that, you ain't got to know it all. And so, uh, there was this, uh, uh, there was this uh, preacher, he was in a revival. Now, I, now I just feel led to do this because I sure wouldn't. And, and his car broke down up a dirt road and he made it out the highway just pouring the rain. Another preacher seen him walking, pulled over, and he got in. He said, well, what happened? Well, he said, I preached a revival way up at Holler and my car broke down. Well, he said, I, I'll give you a ride up here to this next place. There's gas station up there. He said, uh, you're a preacher, are you? He said, yeah. He said, I'm a preacher too. And he said, uh, well, he said, what kind, how'd the revival go? He said, had 17 saved. He said, you did? He said, yeah. He said, what'd you, pre what'd you preach on? He said, Nidipus. He said, who? He said, Nidipus. He said, uh, you know, the third chapter of John. Oh, he said, you mean Nicodemus. No, no, he said, Nidipus. And he said, uh, you mean you must be born again? Yeah, yeah, Nidipus. Now, that's a true story. And I said, all that say this. Jesus does the saving. You might not get everything just right. I didn't have everything just right. And you can get everything just right and die lost. You just got to listen to your heart. You ain't got to figure it all out. I ain't got it all figured out yet. And I've been preaching 41, 42 years, been saved 43 and 10 months. If you're here, just listen to your heart. If God calls you, if God bumps you, if God bids you, you just come right on. He does the saving. He does the saving. And you can trust him to save you. I'm looking at chapter 34 in the book of Exodus, verse 28. If you found that, I'll give you a second. If you found that, uh, I'm going to ask you to stand uh, in honor of the word of God. I'm, I'm not going to hold you long. And uh, I love you and you've been good to me. I've been coming for years. I appreciate you. And so I'll just preach for a little bit and I'll quit. Verse 28. And when he was there with the Lord, 40 days and 40 nights, he did neither eat bread nor drink water, and he wrote upon the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. And it came to pass when Moses came down from the Mount Sinai with the two tablets of testimony, in Moses' hand when he came down from the mount uh, that Moses wished not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with them. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. And Moses called unto them and Aaron, and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him, and Moses talked with them. And afterwards, all the children of Israel came nigh 
and he gave them the commandments, all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put the veil on his face. But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took off the veil until he came out, and he came out and he spake unto the children of Israel uh, that which he had commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone. And Moses put the veil upon his face again until he went to speak with him. Now I want to look at this just for a minute. And I want to preach on where does glow go? Where does glow go? His face shined. He stood in the presence of God 40 days and 40 nights. And he took on the reflection of God. And his face shined. But when he come down off the mountain, he had to wear a veil. Now later, no place in the book do I find where his face shined again. And I thought, well, where does glow go? And so, I'm going to try to preach on where his glow went. Where does glow go? If you bow your heads. Almighty God, Father, I thank you. I thank you for the word of God. I thank you, Lord, for the love of God, the mercy of God. I thank you, Lord, for the saving grace and power of Almighty God. Thank you for Jesus. He who would not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not by him freely give us all things? Jesus is in the saving business. He's able to save to the uttermost. Lord, uh, if someone's here tonight lost without God, Brother Tom's already said, they ain't got to go home that way. That's not the way it ought to be. We'd like to see him come. We'd like to help someone pray. Lord, uh, I'd ask to be anointed. I know I can't make it without you. I just pray, God, that you go with me. In Christ's name we pray. Say that so, near self, that be the case. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now I'm going to preach a little bit about where the glow go. All right? And so uh, I thought about this. I I've seen people in my time that I just knew right off they'd been with God. I just knew it. I didn't even know it, but they'd come to me. They might have, I remember uh, one time up in Pennsylvania, but I pulled into, a, me and my wife, into a restaurant, and this lady was waiting on us. A and we started praying, you know, when they brought breakfast to us, and Lord, the place was packed, and she, she got to shouting, and I got to, I mean, she is happy, and I got to looking at her, and I could tell she spent some time with God. And brother, she got to talking. I mean, the place was packed. And you wouldn't have thought nobody's there but just her and us. But anyhow, I've noticed that before. And not only have I seen people that I could tell that they put on such a glow. And brother, uh, you know, the Bible said... Uh, well, it said in one place, uh, a city that's set upon a hill cannot be hid. 
neither do men light a candle, put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto them who are in the house. Let glorify your, glorify your Father which is in heaven. Brother, let's do it this way. I read, uh, you pray for me, but I thought about, I thought about, there was a boy one time and down in Louisiana, and uh, he got lost in a swamp. And uh, his mom and dad, they were Christians, and he was lost in that swamp, and grown men to get lost. He got turned around, Lord, there's gators and moccasins and, and quicksand and mosquitoes, malaria, on and on. And they couldn't get him, they couldn't find him fire department, everybody was there. And so they, they looked for him until dark. And they said, we'll be back at first light because you get lost in that swamp. Grown men had died in that swamp. And so that father, he couldn't sleep. And God spoke to him and said, now you go down uh, to the town. And he said, you get a great spotlight. And he said, you get a loudspeaker. And he said, you come back. And he said, you take that light, bright light. And he said, you take that loudspeaker and you shine that light to the north and to the south and to the east and to the west. And he said, get on that loudspeaker and say, son, this is your father. If you can hear my voice, walk towards the light. And they said, in about three hours, that boy walked out of that swamp. You listen to what I'm going to tell you. That's what happened to me. God spoke to me. I heard his voice. And God said, son, walk towards the light. And about 43 years ago and 10 months, I walked out of the devil's swamp, and I've been walking in the light ever since. And if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sin. Brother, listen to me. I used to walk in darkness, but now I walk in the light. That's right. I walk in... This then is the message which we have heard from him. Amen. That God, God is light. And in him... There is no darkness at all. Brother, listen to me. I didn't like to, I don't like, I mean, I'm 73 years old. I'm a bow hunter. And uh, I ain't afraid of the dark, but I always carry a flashlight with me when I go bow hunting. You know, I mean, uh, I want to see what's there. Now, you laugh if you want to, but when you can't see where you're going, it ain't real pleasant but I like for 43 years I watch this not only can a person not only can a person uh, get the glow on them get the brightness of God on them but a nation can do it when Israel when they come out of Egypt they come out of Egypt through the blood of the lamb and when they come out the Bible said that God uh, put uh, a, a, a cloud between Egypt and Israel. And to Egypt it was darkness, and to Israel it was light. Brother, I'm glad, thank God, I've been walking in the light. 
I'm glad, thank God, he wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. But I thought to myself, now, if Moses had a glow and Moses lost his glow, then where'd the glow go? And I thought, and listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I have a, I'm not saying I got a glow on me now. Well, I might, but I, I can't see myself, but you're looking. I know it's pretty hard to look at, but I can't help it. Listen to this. I'm sim- Let's do it this way. We took our kids to church camp for years. We still do. And so we'd take those kids to church camp. Now, a lot of you know what I'm talking about. And they had a glow about them. There wasn't no cell phones, wasn't no TVs, wasn't no... They, they was just praising God. They was just, they was just singing and preaching and brother glorified God. That's all they was. I'd, we'd bring them home. I'd take 40 at one whop. We'd bring them home and brother, when they got home, they sang in the choir like your young people did and they just glowed. I mean, the parents, they just couldn't hardly believe it. And those kids, they'd get saved up at church camp. They saw such a difference. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be it, now God will make a difference in your life. Therefore, if any, but what I want to show you is this. Once they're home for two or three weeks, now they still say, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not acting like they was bad. I'm just saying that they lost the glow. And I, I kept watching that. And I understood it because I do the same thing. And I thought to myself, well, what happened to Moses? I mean, Moses was on the mountain 40 days, never eat or drink. You think about that. And he put the glow of God on him. Let me tell you what I think happened to him. You'll find it in Exodus 17. The Bible said that Moses is leading the people of God he led them out of Egypt through the great, he led them through the Red Sea dry shot. Now, the first fight he come upon was the Amalekites. You'll find it in the 17th chapter of the book of Exodus, I think verse 8. But here's what you'll find. Then came Amalek. Now listen, Amalek was the descendants from Esau. Esau was Jacob's brother. Esau never cared about nothing spiritual. Esau never cared about anything. He never cared about God. The only thing he cared about was his flesh. That's all he cared about. And so the Amalekites were descendants of Esau, and they were a fleshly people, and they were the meanest bunch, brother, that you'll read about anywhere in the Bible. They came upon God's people, two and a half million people. God brought through the Red Sea dry shot, and they came way before we was even near their country, where they lived. And they attacked the back of the flank. I mean, they, they hit the kids. They got the old people. Brother, listen, they laid and ambushed God's people. That's right. They was a wicked bunch, but they, they, they were like the flesh. And here's what God said. God said, Moses, he said, I want you to get Joshua 
and I want you to pick out some men that know how to fight. And I want you to go down into the valley and fight the Amalekites. Now, the Amalekites was a fleshly people. And here's what I want you to see. Listen to me. God saved me 43 years ago. But he didn't save my flesh. But he saved my soul. God moved in me. But my flesh, God never saved. My flesh is my greatest enemy. I shave it every day. And my flesh, listen to me, my flesh don't want to study. My flesh don't want to preach. My flesh don't want a study all day long, preach revivals. My flesh, my flesh don't want to do it. But listen to me. The Bible says, have no confidence in the flesh. The Bible said, brother, I'm thankful that God saved the inside. I'm thankful, brother, the Bible said, give no place to the devil. I'm thankful, brother, that in me, Christ in me, I'm glad, thank God, that Christ is greater than the flesh. I know I'm in a fight. I know I'm in a fight. I'm in a battle. Here's what I'm telling you. I fight my flesh every day. I know my flesh is evil. I know my flesh is always thinking about stuff that ain't. Well, you say, what in the world is wrong with you? There ain't nothing wrong with me. The Bible said, uh, brother, to have no confidence in the flesh. The Bible says the spirit warth against the flesh, and the flesh warth against the spirit. The Bible says, have no confidence. Now listen to me. I know that Christ in me is the hope of glory. I know that I can't make it. Here's the story. God said, I want you to go down and I want you to fight the Amalekites. Now Moses said, Joshua, you pick you out some men. They could fight right-handed and they could fight left-handed. And he said, I want you to go down in the valley and fight the Amalekites. He said, I'm going up the mountain and I'm going to go up the mountain and I'm going to pray. Now listen to me. It takes both prayer and fighting. I mean, you got to fight. you got to fight the devil. And if you don't fight the devil, you'll lose your glow because the devil don't want you glorifying God. The devil don't want you to have joy and speakable and full of glory. The devil don't want you to have revival. Brother, I'm telling you, Moses, he goes up the mountain. And when he's up the mountain... The Bible said as long as he held up his hands, Israel prevailed. I mean, they was whooping them Amalekites. But they said, I looked in verse 12. Listen what it said. They said that Moses' hands got heavy. I mean, that, he, he got weak. Let us not be weary and well-doing. For today, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you got to be able to fight. You've got to be willing to fight. Now the Bible said that Moses' hands got heavy. So Ur and Aaron, they got a rock. And they set Moses up on this rock. And they steadied his hands. Now the Bible says in the same verse, it says Moses' hand got heavy. And in the same verse it said, and then they got steady. Brother, listen, we need each other. 
Now listen, this is a fight. Now all you really need is the Lord. But we need each other to fight these battles. We need to pray for one another. And listen, prayer. I, the psalmist said, here's what I think happened to Moses' glow. Because he lost it. He lost his glow. I said, where'd the glow go? Well, I said, here's where it goes, Al. He said, you get to fight in the flesh. And the flesh wants this. And the flesh wants that. And the flesh wants this. I mean, it wants to go to soccer games on church night. Now, I'm, now I'm not hitting on you. I don't even know you. And I, but it wants to go to the football games on church. You know what the Bible says? Seek ye first. God's got to be first. Seek ye first. Now listen. Once he saves your soul, it won't be a problem seeking him first. But Moses, Moses lost his glow. I said, now how'd that happen, Lord? He said, I'll tell you how it happened. He got to fight in the flesh. Now listen, and Moses fought the flesh. I'm not saying, and God give Moses victory. He was a great deliverer. He was one of the greatest deliverers, save for Christ, anywhere in the Bible. But I'm just simply saying, brother, you get some, you've got to fight the flesh, and if you don't fight it, you won't show up here tonight. We had to fight the flesh. That's all they are to it. So I'm saying this. You've got to fight the flesh. He's all the time shooting at me. He's all the time shooting darts at me. But here's what, here's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you God's got the victory. Greater he that's in you than he that's in the world. And the other thing I'm telling you is this. We can work together. I mean, we got one down in the valley of fighting, and we got the other one on top of the mountain praying. And it takes both. It takes both. I mean, you got to pray, but you got to fight. And brother, it's worth fighting. There's nothing greater than God. There's nothing better than church. It's joy unspeakable and full of trouble. Now, real quick, I got to looking into it, and I said, what, what else was there, Lord? Well, I said, I'll tell you what it is. He said, uh, in the 18th chapter of the book of Exodus, Moses' father-in-law, Jephro, he said, you take too much on yourself. You're doing too much. He said, pick you out seven. Now there's two and a half million people Moses was ruling over or judging over. He was leading them. And he didn't have no time for nothing. And so his father-in-law said, pick you out 70 men and let some of them... Uh, do your bidding and some of your work. Now I said that to say this. Sometimes we get too busy. That's right. What are you talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. Jesus is in a certain house. And Martha and Mary's there. And Lazarus, their brother. And Martha, she's a servant. And Mary's supposed to be helping Martha. And Martha is serving, making supper. And and Mary comes in and sits down at Jesus' feet to hear his word. And Martha gets upset. And she comes in and she starts talking about Mary, how she won't help her. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, thou art troubled about many things and care, but there's only one thing that's needful. Listen to me. There's one thing needful, and that's sitting down at Jesus' feet and hear his word. 
And he said, Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Brother, listen, we get too busy. And listen to what I'm telling you. I'm not talking about being busy in sinning. I'm telling, listen to me. I've been, I get, I get too busy. I mean, going to hospitals, dealing with marital problems. I mean, taking care of the sick and burying people in funerals and, and preaching revivals. And I study six, seven, eight hours a day, every day. I'm, she's got to come back here and wake me up and fall asleep every time I sit down. And so I'm just simply saying, sometimes you get too busy and you get too busy to worship God. That's right. You, even though it's not bad stuff, you can still get too busy. So what are you saying, preacher? Well, I'm saying, where'd your glow go? Well, I'll tell you where it went. You either, got, you either ain't been fighting the flesh good enough and getting the flesh under subjection. You know, I, I got to look where Paul said, I'm crucified. Well, I thought about that. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God uh, who gave his life for me. Now watch here. A crucified man. Here he is. He's nailed to a cross. All right? He can't look back. He can't look nowhere except straight forward. Paul said, I press towards the mark. That's right. For the prize in Christ Jesus. Hey, I ain't got time to look back. That's right. I mean, I ain't got time to think about what happened a, a year ago or who did this or who did that. I mean, you just got to forgive people and go on. But anyhow, the Bible said he was nailed to a cross and that he looked straight forward and his hands were tied or nailed. He couldn't hold nothing. Brother, listen, there ain't nothing in this world I want to hold. I, I want to turn, you got to turn loose of this world. There's nothing more important than Christ. Now I'll go on a little bit. I'm not going to preach long. I studied all day, and, 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 and I'm not bragging about studying. Lord, you're dumb as me. You've got to study. So listen to me. I got to looking in Numbers 13, and I found another place where I think Moses might have let the globe go. And here's what, here it is. Now in Deuteronomy, here's what God said. God said, I'm giving you a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm giving it to you. He said, go in and, and take it. It's yours. Well, I got to looking, and I looked it up myself again today. And I think it's, I think it's first, I got it in my book, wrote down. I know where it's at. I ain't going to tell you because I'm not sure. But it could be the first chapter about to, over there, about right there. And so, God said, he promised us a land that flowed with milk and honey. You know I'm telling you right. He promised us when we was in Egypt. He said, it's yours. I give it to you. He said, here's what he said. He said, I've given you houses you didn't build. And I've given you wells you didn't dig. And I've given you great vineyards, brother, you didn't plant. That's right. He said, I give it to you. He said, and then when we got up to Kadesh Barnea, the gateway of the promised land, here they come. 
and they said, I believe we better send in 12 spies. Now, God already said, go in and take it. I give it to you. But they went to Moses, and they said, well, I think maybe we better send some spies over there and make sure, make sure this is all right. And Moses sent the spies over. Now, what he should have did is just went in and took it because God doesn't give it to him. Now, let God be true and every man a liar. Now, watch this. The Bible said they come back, and ten had a bad report. Here's what they said. They said, it is a land that flows with milk and honey. They said, man, they brought back some grapes. Now, I'm telling you, I read one cluster of grape weighed 42 pounds. That's today. I don't know what they weighed back then, but they were so heavy that two men had to carry them on a stake. That's right. I don't know how big the bananas was, but I believe they're as big as canoes. Amen. I believe the grapes were so big that when, when Caleb and Joshua got back and it come time to swim the Jordan, they just sucked out the juice of the grape pulled it down over for a bathing cap and dove in and swim. Now that's what I believe. I believe, brother, when God says something, God means it. That's right. But they came back with the bad report. And the Bible said that Joshua and Caleb, they had another report. They said, let us go up now at once, for we be far able to take it. They be bread to us. They said, we've seen giants over there. And we're grasshopper. Hey, Caleb come out of there. He was 40 years then. God promised him the mountain. When he come back 85 years later, brother, he took the mountain. He took the giants. Now, I'm simply saying they listened to the bad report. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to just tell you this real quick. God's in the saving business. Now, your old flesh, it ain't worth a lot. But God loves your soul. And God wants to save you. This old preacher, he'd come home and he'd been preaching and she had him stop by, get some groceries, bread and stuff, his wife did. He got back, it was late, and she opened the door, just cracked it. She said, there's a mangy dog right down there at the end of that porch. Said it's got fleas, ticks all over it, matted, and said, you know Bobby can't breathe good. She said, now you're going to have to get that dog and get it out of here. He said, all right. He gave her the groceries, and he goes down to the end of the porch. It's kind of dark, but he sees this dark spot. Sure enough, there's that old dog there. And he looks at it, and that old dog wags his tail. He said, you need to wag your tail at me. I'm going to get the truck, and you're going to get in the truck, and I'm taking you to the dog pound, and that'll be the end of you. And when he said that, that little dog or mutt come crawling across the porch, laid his chin right in both of his shoes, and wagged his tail. And he said, all right. He said, you're going to have to sleep in the barn because you know Bobby can't breathe good. I'm going to get you some dog food and some water. I'm going to put some straw down, but you've got to stay in the barn. 
I said that to say this. It ain't going to sound right. That's all, I, that's all I did. Man, that's a drunk. That's a drug addict. Ten years of my life. Listen, every day of my life, I spent $11,000 in, in way back. Lord, it was so long, 73. I had three, uh, three cells against me. Three jury trials. I mean, I was going to prison. I was looking at prison. And so I, well, they found me guilty. And they was taking me to jail. My dad was a preacher. My dad was a lay leader. An adult Sunday school teacher. My dad was, he was always right. Listen to me. I broke my neck running from the law. I went right to a man's corn crib. I was running 80, 90, I don't know. I broke my neck, and I'm in the floorboard. I can't move, and a state trooper had a 357 right between my eyes, hammer back. And one of them was trying to kill my dog. He was in there barking, carrying on. They took me to hospital. They put 11 pounds on my neck, 11. Said, said if you move your, foot, your neck, them chip bones is going to cut your spinal cord, you'll be paralyzed for life. I believed every word they said. Listen to what I'm telling you. None of them buddies showed up. I, I was in a, I was in a, I had, there's 40 of us in a big party running to get in a big fight the next town to us. And I just happened to run off the road drunk. Lord, I could have killed somebody, somebody's kids. I was an idiot. Here's one more take. Here's where God started turning me. I'm in the hospital. I got 11 pounds on my neck, on my chip, pony harness. And these preachers and these deacons, I didn't even know the first one because my dad was in church and my mom. And they're coming in my room, nine, ten of them, both sides of the bed. And I'm stuck right here. And nobody else come see me. I said, I think the ones like me don't, and I'm thinking the ones that don't does. Now, that's hard to figure, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm still thinking it. And they'd say, uh, Al, do you care if we pray? I said, no, I don't care. I didn't want them to. I mean, I didn't care. I mean, you know, I'm, they got down under the bed. Now, I couldn't see them down there because I'm looking right up here. But I never hear so much carrying on in all my life. Lord of mercy. I mean, nurses going by, everybody stopping, looking in my room. And there I am right here. Lord, I mean, they did that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then I thought to myself, I, I, I had to learn to walk again because my muscles and my legs deteriorated where I was stuck stiff. But finally I got to learn how to walk. And then I went down to church. You know the song. I went down there for a fight, but oh my, what a night. <laughs> hey, let me tell you what they did. Here's what the preacher did to me. He said, uh, there was a certain uh, rich man, a farmer, and his uh, crops brought in plentiful. And he said, what will I do? He said, I'll tear down my old barns. I'll build new barns. And he said, then I'll say to my soul, so eat, drink, and be merry, for thou hast much good laid up for many years. And he said, 
God said, that fool, you're a fool. He said, uh, thy soul shall be required of thee tonight. That old preacher said, what if you know you're going to die tonight? Now, I've been to Vietnam. I've, I've had 250 killed. We killed 250 in one night. There's 500 estimated hit us. I was a sergeant that went out the next morning and went through all that Constantina wire. We, and I was the one that figured out if he was hurt too bad, shoot him. I let my boys shoot him. They kind of like doing it. And so I done been there so long, I didn't have to shoot nobody. I done shoot two or three anyhow. So, so I said, uh, then there was others that wasn't hurt too bad. We brought them in. But I laid, I laid that night when they, 250 got killed. And other, I shot my canteen. They shot hose in my canteen. I was standing up. I fell down the ground. Both my buddies dead hit on both sides screaming, I don't know what, oh my God, something. And I felt that hot water running down in my belly. I thought, man, I'm hit. I thought I was hit. Man, I promised God everything you want to promise him. I promised him when I got back to Ravenswood, I never missed church. And I promised him this. And I promised him, I mean, I, pro I, I was scared. So when the preacher said, what would you do if you knew you was going to die tonight? I thought, well, I, I know what I'd do. If I knew it was, I'd call on God, start promising all kind of stuff. Now, but now I'm getting to where I'm mean, I'm serious about it. And so, not that night, but I couldn't get it shook off of me. I, I couldn't get God off of me. He got on me. And I just put all my drugs up. And so, five days later, I'm sober as a judge. It's January 2nd, 1979. The preacher came. It's two below zero. He left his car running because he knows I'm, I'm crazy. He knows it. And so, but I wasn't crazy. God got to dealing with me. My sister wrote me a letter. And, and I'm, I'm living on a farm up here, a bunch of cows and stuff. And so, uh, and, and so she said, Al. I know every time you come home, mom and dad tells you about Jesus, you get mad and leave and won't come back for a month. She said, but I had a dream. And said, God said, if I wrote my dream in a letter, you'd read it. Well, I went in, she's watching General Hospital. I mean, it's 44 years ago. And Tommy Jones. And he said, uh, your sister wrote you a letter. I said, you're kidding. Said, Why would she do that? So I got to reading it. She said, Al, I saw an angel. And said he had a trumpet and took a big deep breath and he blowed that trumpet and when he did said we were gone mom and dad was gone she lives a half block away still does mom and dad's been gone eight nine years five something and so I read that everybody's gone she said did I see you and you was beating on mom and dad's door but we were gone Al and you beat on my door, but we was gone. Right then, God got my heart. He me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I started crying in front of my wife. I never did do that before. And I mean, I got up real quick. I run upstairs. I seen them drugs. I had all kinds of them. And I felt like I was going to pray, but I just sat over in the bed. I thought, whoa, Lord. 
what am I going to do? I, I can't quit them drugs. I've been on them forever. And I said, uh, what am I going to do? So I run upstairs and I hit all the drugs up there. I mean, we had rats because the barn was from here to the front door that close. Horses, cows, we had feed everywhere, corn. And so we had, we had I'd, I'd like to say mice, but they was rats. I know the difference. So I hit all my drugs up there. Brother God got to dealing with me. I never in my life went through anything like that. I could have got saved the first five minutes. I, I didn't know all that stuff. And so I went five days, lost nine pounds, couldn't get no sleep, went to church. And uh, I went to church and this, I'm going to quit, I know I'm talking. But this 16-year-old boy was preaching, me and wife was set where you're set. And he said, I, I know him, I, I love him, he, he helps me preach every now and then. He said, uh, I never drank, I never did drugs. I never smoked. I said, Lord, have mercy. He can't help nobody. I, I, I said, we might as well get up and go home. I said, this guy's green behind the ears. I needed a preacher. <laughs> I, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know the preacher was. I didn't know. But the preacher heard us down there on Sunday. He rode in on Tuesday. She run upstairs. I was on midnight shift. I, was, I wasn't sleeping. She's under conviction too. I went downstairs and he talked to me for over two hours. I'm, and his car was running. He figured I was going to run him off. But Lord, I was needing a preacher bad. I mean, I'm pulling him in the house. You know, and I want saved. I want to get saved. I just don't know how to get saved, but I want saved. And he talked for two hours. And I, I mean, it was water off a duck's back. Then he said it. He said, Al, you ain't got to quit doing drugs. I said, what? He said, you ain't got to quit drinking liquor and running the bars. You ain't got to quit. Now, I know that ain't right. I said, what do you mean? He said, he'll take it from you. He'll take it away. He'll get it. It'll be gone. I said, you mean he'll take it? He said, he'll take it. Then he said it. He said, five, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ... He's an any man. He's a new creature. Oh, I said new. He said new. I said new. Oh, I'm, listen, I'm serious. I mean, I remember like it was tonight. And I kept saying new. I mean, it didn't sound, it was hard to believe. He said new, brand new. Brand, and old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. I said, you're telling me if I call on God, he'll make me brand spanking new. Take the drugs and take them away. Brand new. I said, I'm going to do it. We got over the floor. We bumped heads. And I, here's what he prayed. He said, oh, God. He said, roll back the clouds of glory and open up the portholes. And hear their cry. Well, he never said another word. I thought, I've got to say something. And I said, oh, God, save me. I'm telling you, listen to him. He did it. He saved me. He, I mean, he saved me right then. Man, I was dumber than a rock. But I know that I got saved. 
I know to vindicate. Listen, I don't know what. I got a little idea, but but back then I just pictured Calvary best I could, like in a picture book. I just pictured Calvary. I remember I did it. I, I pictured it, and I said, "Oh God, save me!" And he and he saved me. I run upstairs, got all the drugs, truck driving, got it all, poured it in the commode, and had to wait till the water fill up four or five times, and we flushed it, and we flushed it, and we flushed it. And it's been 43 years and 10 months. I ain't never looked back, never. I've never looked back. You want me to tell you why? He satisfied me. He made me a new creature. He wrote my name. Listen, I've lost the glow once or twice. I've, I've been fighting the flesh, and the flesh wants me to do this. And, you know, I'm not, I ain't acting like I've done any great sin. i just just fighting. And I've lost the glow. But God's kept me safe. And he'll keep you safe. And you've got to not know everything there is about it. What you got to know is God's able to save you. You got to know you're running out of time. And the Lord's getting ready to come back. You, you coming, Judy?